0: Welcome to International Podcast Month, or IPM. IPM 2019 is brought to you by our Indiegogo producers, Richard kreutz Robert Anderson, The Drinking and Screaming Podcast, The Ostium Network, Damian Sidlow, Max Kasparek, Aaron Keon, Kyle Decker, Rocky Lee, Ryan Bolter, and Neon Green Tiger. A very special thank you to all of our Indiegogo supporters and to the IPM organizational team. And now, on to the episode. So, hello Quinn. Hello. So, Quinn, you are the creator, producer and writer and GM of an actual play podcast that is Dungeons and Dragons called Heroes Not Included. Why don't you tell me a little bit about that and yourself and how you started the show? <laughs> uh, well, the actual plays is-
1: is pretty self-explanatory. We gather a bunch of people around a table, we put one mic right in the middle of the table, and uh, we tell a story. You know, I firmly believe that tabletop role-playing is a cooperative storytelling experience, and so I just try to create an environment in which everybody at the table feels like they can tell part of the story. Um, I think the thing that makes Heroes Not Included unique is not only do we release weekly, but... That one mic in the middle of the table, I think, helps the listener feel like they're at the table, too, because some of the crosstalk, some of the table noises, the dice rolling and all those sorts of things feel more immediate, whereas if everybody has their own mic, it's a little easier to isolate some of those things, and so I think that kind of organic quality is part of what's made Heroes Not Included successful, but yeah, essentially it's all of us sitting around the table and and just having a lot of fun. Uh the podcast really came about on a lark. A friend of mine said, you know, we have so much fun at your table, it would be great if you recorded it and, you know, made it into a podcast. And I thought that was um I thought that was a l- a l- out of out of the realm of possibility until I realized that I needed something to do to keep myself from going crazy at home. Um and uh thought, well, why not? Let's give it a shot. And um, yeah, it turns out that people really like what we're doing. Um, Every month, we seem to find more and more people who like what we're doing. And it's constantly surprising to me.
0: So part of why you're here today is to talk about content writing for actual plays. So let's get right into that. Okay. Um, How do you how do you write for actual play podcasting versus writing you know, versus designing a game that's not meant for podcasting.
1: Yeah, it's a trick, right? Because certain things that work at a table with friends and Cheetos and strange dice and just having a good time aren't going to work on a podcast. The same thing goes for books and movies. You know, oftentimes you'll go see a movie and that's been based on a book that you like and you're like, oh, they didn't have that or they didn't include this or this was different. And that's because they're two different mediums. Things that work in a book don't always work on screen, and vice versa. And the same is true for um, tabletop gaming and and writing an adventure for a podcast. Um, I can actually use a great example. Right now I'm working on material for Season 7, and we're going to go through Dungeon of the Mad Mage. Now, anyone who knows Dungeon of the Mad Mage or has heard of it knows that it's a 300-page dungeon crawl through Undermountain, um, the largest dungeon in ever published by Wizards of the Coast. So if it was just our friends and we were just hanging out at the table, there's nothing wrong with that. You can take your time to go door by door through the dungeon and kill everything and loot everything and you know it five years later you've made it all the way through the dungeon and you're like (laughs) woo this is awesome. but for a podcast, that's really, really boring. I mean, imagine loading up a podcast and someone says, all right, so now there's skeletons in this room and, oh, you've killed them all. Okay, so now you go down 20 feet and there's another door. Okay, you open that door. Oh, there's skeletons in that room and, oh, you've killed them. Okay, so now you go down 20. I mean, after about five or 10 minutes of that, you're just, you've are just you had it. You've had it. You've had enough of it. You don't want to hear any more of it. And so... Um, Part of the process of writing for a podcast, I liken to writing for a movie. And there's a couple of principles that I use that actually um, I teach other DMs and GMs to use, even when they're not doing a podcast, because I think they're they're good principles to use for storytelling. Because again, for me, you know, this is all cooperative storytelling. Um, but the first principle I use is I write for the mic. I call it. Okay. Um In movie making, they uh, set up scenes for the camera. and w- In other words, if the camera's not going to see something, they don't build it. They don't spend money on it. They don't put time into it. It's just not there, right? Because the camera's not going to see it. And if the camera's not going to see it, the audience won't see it. And so there's no point in spending any time on it or money. And the same goes for writing for um, podcasts, actual play podcasts. When you're writing out that plot, when you're writing out those locations, when you're thinking about scenes, when you're thinking about all the things that are going on, if it's not something that is going to happen on mic, if it's not something that the characters are going to interact with directly, then there's no point in spending any time on it. Um, some people have said that my all, of my all of my stories and all of the adventures that I run are really on rails. I've just been very successful at burying the rails under several feet of dirt so no one sees them (laughs) and in a way that's true Um, the plot and everything that happens should be set up so that whenever the audience is listening they're listening to something important you're not wasting the audience's time with things that aren't important now part of that can be handled in editing but if you really want to save your editor a lot of headache or if you are the one who's doing the editing and you want to save yourself a lot of headache don't write all of that unnecessary stuff in the first place. And so the first thing I do is I, when I'm putting together the adventure, I think about, well, what do I want to record? What do I want to make sure we get? What do I want to make sure the audience hears or that uh, the audience connects to that will tell the story? And what are stuff that, well, that's really cool, but not necessary, you know? Um, so that's that's kind of the first principle I use for writing, is I write to the mic. I think about, okay, well, what is it that we're actually going to record? Or what are the things I actually want to record? Or make sure we actually get on mic, that make sure they actually happen in the episode. And I write those things. And then if there's something that I know we're not going to use, or something that is not necessary, then I don't bother with it. Um, the second principle I use for writing to podcasts is determining what's necessary is based upon the story, or what I like to call beats of the story. A story, you know, if you look at a movie, right, a movie always is kind of like from point A to point B to point C to point D, or however many points there are, it moves from one place to another. And the best movies do that really well, whether they're spread across several installments or just one, you know, like take Lord of the Rings as a book and as a movie, it's a very simple plot. Frodo takes the ring to Mordor and destroys the ring. End of story. So anything that serves that story, they included in the movies. Now, of course, Tolkien wrote a whole bunch of other stuff in the book that wasn't included (laughs) in the movies. But But for the movie, the movie had to be about Frodo taking the ring to Mordor and destroying it. And so anything that served that That was stuff that was included in the movie and so when i write i think about what is the plot what is the main thing that is going to happen what is what is the event and i write to that and anything that does not in some way move the story towards that point gets cut no matter how great it is and we have some great stuff that happens and thankfully in editing we can you know help tailor that a little bit and kind of give things a little nudge here and a little shove there But uh, in terms of writing, you really want to write to that point. And that helps feed what's necessary to get on mic and what isn't necessary to get on mic. If it's not going to move the story along to that point, you already know it's not necessary. So you already know that you don't need to worry about getting that on mic. You don't need to worry about trying to make sure the cast find that piece of information or or you have that moment captured uh, in the recording session. Because you already know from your writing... That that's not necessary. So a lot of it is driven behind a lot of the writing that I do is driven behind finding that point and moving everything towards that point, which brings me to beats and pacing. Um, anyone who's listened to Heroes Not Included knows that I'm I'm obsessed with pacing. <laughs> I'm <laughs> constantly thinking about how to pace a story, right? Um, combat should be really exciting, and oh my gosh, there's the swords and the shields and the dragon, and crap, boom, right? But then there's moments where, you know, characters are involved in some characterization, and it's really tender, and it's sweet, and you want to linger over that moment of sadness, or linger over that moment of desperation, or that surprise, or that, you know, you want to have those sort of moments, and those beats are really important. You know, if you put out a podcast, and all it is is combat. People are going to be exhausted, and they might not even come back to listen to the second episode because the first episode was just tiring. I mean, it was exhausting. You know, imagine going to the movies and watching a movie that was just a f- two-hour fight scene. Well, by the end of it, not only are you bored, but you know, it's exhausting trying to keep track of all the bullets and who's shooting who and what's going. On. Well, I thought that blew up already. What do you mean that didn't blow up? Or, you know, and then well, how many bullets have they gone through? Well, that's an infinite. I mean, it it can be overwhelming. And so the important thing too about writing for a podcast is remembering to find those beats, find those moments where the pace can pick up because um, people are listening, they're not watching. So their own imagination is creating the screen that they're seeing the action on. So they see the characters in their head in a a certain way and they see the environment in their head a certain way and they see what's happening in a certain way. And uh, you can help them And you can help your listener along by finding those beats. Because even in life, our life isn't like that, where our life is like constantly go, 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 go. And so it's important that that's not the case in the podcast as well. So I'm always looking for those beats. I'm always looking for those moments where we can kind of slow down and make a point. You know, at the end of season four, our heroes get to the end of this. uh, Spoilers, I hope. Uh, Anyone. (laughs) Do not listen for the next 10 seconds get to the end of a staircase, and they go through the door. And I really wanted to make sure that that was a a moment, right? We slowed down in that moment. Now, it helped that I had contrasted that with combat just a few moments before. So I could help create that contrast of, oh, combat, and then now we're back down. But that's another thing that's important for writing for a podcast, is finding those beats, creating those moments where things are really intense, and then those moments where things kind of slow down And you take your time. I have a general rule at the table, and that is I don't do more than one combat scenario per session. It's not uncommon for people at my table to go one or two sessions without ever rolling dice. And it's especially common at my table where we'll go a whole session without combat. So um, I really try to think about pacing and story, using combat as kind of the spicy jalapeno and... (laughs) <laughs> that you want to use to just kind of, you know, occasionally spice up things as opposed to like constantly hitting someone over the head with it. So those are some of the things that I use um, and just kind of general principles uh, when it comes to writing stuff for the for the podcast.
0: How do you balance content writing for your show with the fact that Dungeons & Dragons inherently is a collaborative storytelling and your players may improvise or come up with unexpected Um, unexpected reactions, or um, or just the way that they're role playing. How do you balance that writing with the improvisation?
1: Well, that's I mean, players do it all the time. Um, That's one of the things I love the most about uh, tabletop role playing games is players just being players. You know, (laughs) I, I can't tell you how many times I've created a character who was a throwaway character. It was just someone to hand a MacGuffin to an NPC, to, to the PCs, and the PCs just lose their minds over the character. They love him, and they're like, oh, we want him. Um, from a recent episode, I'll give you a great example. In a recent episode, the player, the heroes decide to adopt Nim. They decide to adopt this character. Now, Nim had, has one job in the story, but because they loved The character and they decide to adopt the character, Um, you can hear in the episode how we go through this entire journey with the character. Well, none of that was stuff that I had written. None of that was stuff that was in the original module. All of that was just stuff that had happened at the table. And for me, I try to balance it by writing those moments that I know I want and then um, creating space for the moments that I know are going to happen. And so I like to think of it as uh, velvet ropes and railroad tracks. There are certain times where, because of how I've laid out the scenery, and I know where the camera is going to be, there are railroad tracks. The players really aren't going to be able to go in any direction other than the direction I need them to go in. Now, the players will probably decide at the speed at which they travel in that direction and how they travel in that direction, but I know for the story that there are certain destinations we need to get to. How we get there and at what speed we get there, that can be determined by everyone else at the table. But there's also some velvet ropes laid out. And as you know, velvet ropes are really easy to get around. Yeah, velvet ropes are really there just to kind of go, we'd rather you not. But if you really want to, you can step over them, right? I mean, that's really what a velvet rope is. It's really a polite way of someone saying, I'd rather you didn't. But that's not really a forceful stop sign, right? That doesn't really... It's never really stopped someone from doing what they want to do. If they really want to cross the line, they can climb over a velvet rope. And the same goes with some of my writing. If there are places where I i i want to make sure there's room for all of that, um, I just kind of put down a little velvet rope. I say, okay, well, I would generally like things to kind of go in this direction. And my velvet ropes really become just outlines, you know, quick sentence a word or a phrase or a quick idea um and sometimes the players go t- totally into left field and then i have to spend two weeks writing about how to get them out of left field um, head <laughs> back to the station that we needed to stop at you know because they like right. stopped halfway there and they're like oh let's go play in the flowers and you're like i didn't write anything about the flowers um and that's okay i Uh, You know, all of the players at my table know that they have carte blanche to go wherever their character leads them. Um, And so sometimes you're herding cats, you know, you're putting up little velvet ropes to kind of point the broad direction in which you would like the story to go. And other times, there are things that you must absolutely capture if the story is to make any sense. And I find that it's a balance that really just kind of comes through experience. Knowing the people at your table, knowing how they like to game... Knowing what things they might be interested in because every player there are certain things that a player is going to want to do and certain players have things that they always are interested in and So creating opportunities when I write for my players, for example I might say well, I know that so-and-so really likes it whenever they go into a tavern They really want to explore the menu and they really want to like, you know Just live in that environment of a medieval tavern then I might include a tavern So that when we get to a tavern, they have that opportunity to go do what they want to do, right? Right. Um, So, yeah, I like to think of it as like velvet roping, where you just kind of like, you know, suggest a general direction. And then, you know, steel steel train tracks where you're like, we have to go in this direction. And finding that balance really depends on the table. But for me, um, the only time I really lay down the tracks, so to speak, the only time things are on rails is if there's a specific plot point that needs to be captured. And um, they're going to want to, and I know the player's going to want to capture that plot point because without it, none of the things they're doing will make sense to not only them, but to the listeners, right? They'll be like, well, I don't know why we're here. Well, it's because you missed the stop back here. So yeah, I try to find that balance mainly by creating lots of space for those moments to happen. Um, only, you know, strictly, um, you know, scripting those moments that absolutely have to occur. And then... The last thing I do, and the thing I always tell all DMs everywhere, is give up. Let it go. Throw it away. When you sit down at the table, you've done all of your prep work, you've done all of your writing. When you sit down at the table... Take any sort of possessiveness you might have about that and just throw it out the window. It is no longer your material, it is no longer your baby, it is no longer your thing. You are now in a cooperative process and yeah, you've put a lot of hard work into it, but it is gonna change, it is going to adapt, it is going to shift, and it is going to go on to be something different. And if you're lucky, that something different is going to be light years better than what you had already done.
0: That is some fantastic advice for GMs. Yeah, let it go. Quinn, just so that our listeners know, how long have you been GMing D&D?
1: Oh, I see how it is. You want my uh, audio gray hair, huh? All right, well, uh, (laughs) I started playing Dungeons & Dragons with a box set um, that was released in 1979. Uh, So I started with um, very, very early Dungeons and Dragons, um, way back in the early eighties. For those of you who don't know what it was like in the early eighties, uh, when we weren't fighting off dinosaurs, uh, we were traveling back in time in a DeLorean, but, um, (laughs) yeah, uh, way back early days, D&D, uh, TSR, uh, you have to you used to have to mail away to get um, your dice, and they, they would come not with anything inked in them. So you would take a crayon, and you'd have to rub in the wax into the numbers so you could see the numbers on them. Uh, so I've been I've been running Dungeons and Dragons specifically for well over thirty years, but I've been doing Dungeon Master and and game sort of Dungeon Master and, and Game Master sort of roles in gaming, um, you know, since uh, since the eighties. So. Yeah. Awesome. I've...
0: And and Heroes Not Included is in season six right now.
1: Season six. So Hard
0: to believe also been writing for an actual play for six whole seasons, which is exciting yes. and awesome. Yes.
1: Yeah, six whole seasons. Um, Seasons 1 and 2 was my adaptation of Storm King's Thunder. Seasons 3 and 4 was a completely original um, uh, script and write that I did called um, In Search of Music that was uh, taking place in the Outer Plains. And then uh, seasons uh, 5 and 6 is my adaptation of Waterdeep Dragon Heist. And then seasons 7 and 8 are coming, and they will be my adaptation of Dungeon of the Mad Mage. So.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Very exciting. So what piece of advice do you have for folks who are interested in writing an actual play podcast for the very first time?
1: Oh, think about your favorite movies. Think about your favorite audio. Think about your favorite books and your favorite movies. Think about what makes them your favorite. Think about the things that you really like about them. Um, in the case of books, if you have a favorite book, you know, a favorite Harry Potter series, go listen to it on audiobook. Download, go to Audible download, or wherever else and download a free copy. Um, there's lots of free copies of books out there, um, even in just trial or however you want to do it. But find one of your favorite books on audio, listen to that, watch that favorite movie again, and th- think about what is it you really like about it. What are those things that you just think, oh man, that is just so good. Um, when you're listening to your favorite book on audio, and it's important to do it that way because that's what you're writing for, is an audio format. Think about the beats. Think about the things that are happening in the story that you never noticed when you just read it. The things that you really love. And then sit down and put those together. It won't be great. Um, it, it, it it will be a lot of, you know, it'll be a little weird and there'll be problems and there'll be things that you missed and it'll be all maybe disjointed or maybe it'll all be too you know, by rote. Or maybe it'll be too derivative. Who cares? You know, who cares? I mean, think about your first player character that you ever made in a role-playing game. You know, the first player character you ever made in a role-playing game was either A, you on superhero powers, right? Or... (laughs) the very opposite of who you are or someone who could do something that you always wanted to be able to do and you never could and that's just how we that's just where we start we start in those places so give yourself permission to fail give yourself permission to to make a lot of mistakes and to write really derivative and and you know same easy sort of stuff and give yourself permission to copy the, all the things that you really love about your favorite books and movies and then just start doing it
0: awesome Thank you so much, Quinn. Where can we find you and Heroes Not Included? Ah, well, I happen
1: to be located in a physical space in the United States, so (laughs) I'm fairly easy to locate. Uh, But Heroes Not Included, however, is not located in a physical space, uh, but you can find all over the internet. Um, We are available through um, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Google Play, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. All you have to do is find Heroes Not Included, uh, I have a bunch of, uh, we have a website, heroesnotincluded.com. You can find us on Facebook, uh, heroes, not included. You can find us on Twitter, uh, under H N I, uh, underscore podcast. You can find us on Patreon. Uh, come if you wish to support us, come to Patreon and check us out. Patreon.com forward slash heroes, not included. Um, we've done podcasts, for Wizards of the Coast. And you can find us on the Wizards of the Coast pages. Um, Yeah, you can find us everywhere, essentially. Open up your favorite podcast app. Type in Heroes Not Included. We will come up and give us a listen. We just recently had someone in the Netherlands binge the first four seasons. So they're (laughs) all there available for you. Uh, We are well into uh, the 120s, I think, in terms of episodes. So we have a massive back catalog for you to enjoy. And I'm sure that my editor has heard this and will say, you forgot about this location. And if I have, I'm sorry.
0: (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you so much for talking with me today, Quinn. This was fantastic. I'm super excited. It'll be up on the IPM feed sometime in September. I will send you a message with what date we're expecting once we uh, finish getting all our submissions in from uh, all the other various sources. But I'm really excited that you were able to do this with me. It's awesome. Yeah.
1: Well, I'm glad. I'm glad it
0: worked out. Yeah, same. So anything else that you want to say before we hit the stop recording button?
1: Until next time, be a hero.
0: The intro and outro music for all IPM episodes is Morning Dew by Liquid and used under a Creative Commons license. The link is in the show notes. You can support International Podcast Month via Ko-fi or PayPal and by retweeting, sharing, and talking about the event using the IPM 2019 hashtag. Head on over to internationalpodcastmonth.com for the month-long blog and information on the event. International Podcast Month, celebrating creators, sharing listeners.